if you are located outside of the European Union, the United Kingdom and or Switzerland, then you need an authorized representative. So I have a good news, you have found it with Easy Medical Device. And if you are also in need of an importer in Europe and in Switzerland, then contact us definitely at info at easymedicaldevice.com. I-N-F-O at easymedicaldevice.com and I'm sure we can help you. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. I am Munir Alazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standards today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Aladuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And today we'll talk about vigilance reporting. So with the EUMDR, we have some few changes about vigilance reporting, but it's not only EUMDR. We have a lot of other countries that are where we need vigilance reporting. So it's mainly what we'll talk about today. And for that, I have with me Adam Rae, which is a medical device QA area consultant. We had Adam before also talking about UK, uh, UKCA also last time. So uh, welcome Adam and welcome to the medical device made easy podcast. Thanks, Manila. Thanks for having me. Everything uh, is uh, quite ironic. Everything we discussed on that last, po- last podcast has totally changed now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's funny because, yeah, I have I have also uh, clients for, because we are UK responsible person for, for the UK, and I have clients where I'm sending them normally a presentation, saying that to them the laws, and they all came to me, oh, but did the law sh- uh, not change? And I forgot to change those presentations, so I'm yeah. doing that. So, yeah, a lot of yeah. things are changing. So it's why you have always to keep up to date that's what we are trying to do within those uh, those uh, those podcast episodes. Okay, Adam. So uh, just maybe before to start, can you maybe make a, a quick sm- a small introduction of yourself so that people maybe know more about you? Yeah, sure. I'll try and keep it brief. I love to talk about myself. So, um, yeah. So Adam Ray, as you said, QARA consultant, um, worked in medical devices um, and IVDs, um, a couple of active implantable devices since for around eight or nine years now. Um, predominantly focused and uh, going into organizations and helping out with remediation projects and establishing QMSs from scratch, um, focused in the UK as well as the EU, um, trading into different various different regulations, um, but then also moving into the States. And then, you know, as we part of this discussion is really discussing all of these other regulated jurisdictions that come into scope. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much it. I run my own little consultancy business, fairly moderate. Um, right and yeah that's it and you are in the uk just for people in the uk yeah based out of uh based out of sunny chester in the uk and i'm from uh from glasgow so that's the accent Great, great. So, um, so yeah, vigilance reporting. So, um, uh, this is really an important topic. Uh, it's mainly something that um, uh, people uh hear about, have to put in place uh within their quality management system. But I'm sure uh, they don't want to use it at all, if I can say yeah. so. <laughs> yeah. And this is the thing. So if if for somebody that is maybe new to the, the medical device or to this life science uh, life science industry, um, it has to, yeah, to be clear about what is a vigilance reporting, what would you say to them? What is exactly for you vigilance reporting in few words? Yeah, so in a few words, vigilance reporting is the management of incidents and potential incidents of the devices that have been placed on the market. And the relevant markets that they've been placed on, um, you know, I think the extensions that have been granted with MDR 
um, one of the main elements that organizations need to consider to be granted that extension um, under, you know, 94, 90, Article 94, 97 and 120 is vigilance. Um, it's so important because it is essentially the part where the businesses and the products connect to the people, the users and the patients. Um, and, you know, vigilance system is so important to make sure that if an incident happens to a patient, which is every manufacturer's worst nightmare, uh, or if a near incident also happens, which is equally as important to be considered, occurs that the manufacturer has effective QMS processes in place to be able to manage that incident and prevent it kind of, you know, extrapolating into becoming more of an issue than it, should, than it already is. Exactly. And when we talk about incident, it can be uh, because usually when we hear vigilance reporting, people are more thinking about recalls. Uh, yeah. But mainly, it's not only recall. We have also field safety corrective actions, which are mainly that you are just correcting or informing or uh, adjusting the message that you are providing on the market without recalling the device. Uh, so yeah. it's something that can be thing. So it's not only VG, it's not only recall. So because people are thinking, oh, I will, I don't want to use that because there is a recall. But yeah, yeah. just going to the markets and informing the market about maybe some issues or whatever is already a, a field safety corrective action that you yeah. have also to have within your your system. Yes, yeah, so so typically those the recall is is obviously everyone's everyone's worst nightmare. Um, the field safety notice is generally what most organisations would have to do for any incidents or need incidents. You know, recalls recalls happen. You know, a lot more than uh, I think people in the medical that work outside the medical device industry would think. They're very common, um, but typically. Field safety notice is the method of which a manufacturer would communicate. This is where it's also important for manufacturers to have really good traceability procedures in place so they can communicate this stuff really easily so you know where devices have went to. But the method in which um, manufacturers would use to communicate deficiencies or any you know occurrences that they know about to users would be through a field safety notice, which is essentially one-page document. Um, there's documentation templates available uh, on the EU Commission websites for this, which we can provide as part of part yeah. of the show notes. I think you want to say many sure. Um That's basically a template that says we noticed this deficiency on these batches. You know, I think most people that don't work in this industry would have seen some similar stuff like this with like food or cars kind of thing, you know, that notice that comes out, we have an equivalent. Um, and then there may be some field safety corrective action required as a result of that, um, which could be, you know, don't use the device, send it back, we need to recall it, kind of stuff like that. But typically the main method is that field safety notice, which is the method for communicating deficiencies. And uh, for, for that, we can um, we can uh, find them, if I can sound, usually on the websites of the the competent authority where you, we find that. But... Um, is the requirements because here we talk about, for example, EU for 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 the UMDR, but um, is it the same? Are, is there the same rules for each country, or it's really different between each country uh, about how to yeah. do the reporting? So it's um yeah, so it's it's wildly different <laughs> in a lot of different countries. Um, some leverage similar similar. A lot of the processes are the same. Um, documentation is largely fairly different. Um, you know, within the EU, there is that template that we discussed for field safety notice. There's also the MIR form, which is the manufacturer's incident reporting form, um, which, you know, if you're in the EU, those are the documents you want to use. FDA have their own versions, form um, three, three, 500 A's um, for submitting. And, 
And, and for MD, uh, for FDA, they call it MDR also. So it's confused. Yes. So MDR so for medical device report. Yes. So it's mainly the people say, oh, MDR is not for European Union. No, no, it's also FDA, but this is medical device reporting, not MD medical device regulation. Yeah. It's the it's the problem working in an industry that is so acronym happy. You know, we can have we can discuss entire topics purely in acronyms. Um, but yeah, they 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 call it N NDR. They don't really use that term vigilance, and that's more kind of European kind of term. Anything that's been derived from these regulations. Um, but each competent authority, I think, is one of the main things that we want to de delineate on this on this show. Is basically a lot of manufacturers consider reporting to notify bodies. However, the main concern with reporting is it's reporting to that competent authority. So in the UK, you know, you can notify your notified body, but they're likely that they will say, right, you know, thank you for the notification. We'll look into this on your next surveillance visit, for example. Exactly. Yeah. It's not yeah. really it's not really the notified body that you have to really contact first. No. It's really the competent authority. But yeah, as yeah. you said, so notified bodies, each time I contact them and I tell them, oh, we had the vigilance report, they say, thank you for information. We'll check that during next audit. <laughs> yeah. So it's like yeah. oh I thought it was really an urgent matter, but no. So yeah. okay, it's fine. Because I and I understand that because uh, as we said the notified body are are here to verify that you have a system in place to follow, uh, follow the rules. So the same of a Kappa, if your Kappa system is yeah. good, you will not check. Each time you will open a Kappa, you will not call them. So here it's the same. Yeah, exactly. If your vigilance reporting is fine, if the procedure is fine, if everything is okay from their side, uh, no need to contact them each time you have a reporting, unless you have really a major, major issue. Maybe you can tell them so that they are informed. But yeah, usually they will tell you, uh, yeah, we'll come next during next round of audit and we'll yeah. come check, check that uh, everything went well. Yeah, absolutely, and that's that's the that's the thing. You know, the notified bodies are set. You know, from ISO nineteen thousand and eleven auditing guidelines. You know, um, the the they they're assessing manufacturers for for continuing capability of compliance. You know, that's what they're looking for. So when they're looking at the system, they're looking to see is this system capable of running itself without having continuous oversight from us on the daily kind of thing. Um, so yeah, the the notified bodies aren't that concerned about it. If it's really serious, they would be likely if they don't feel like you've dealt with it ad adequately or they, ha like you said, if they had identified some deficiencies in your system that potentially link to it, they may want to get a bit more involved. But predominantly, the main parties of interest are the competent authorities here, um, you know, for the for the region in which the incident has occurred is the main the main thing I think we need to we need to mention because I think one thing that we notice in manufacturers is people because a lot everything's globalized now essentially um manufacturers get a little bit kind of panicked on how to do reporting where to do it you know because it's kind of you know we're saying well we have this product in italy but we also have it in france and we yeah. also have it in japan so who do we report to you know, is, no, no, it's, is, it's something it's it's clear and uh, and and yeah the 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 who to who to report to and uh, should I report even in a country where there is no incident when I'm selling the same product there? Is there so there are a lot of those type of questions uh, yeah. in terms also of the time of reporting uh, yeah. in Europe, like 10 days for this, 15 days for that, two days for that, etc. When it's yeah. a big threat uh, in the US, it's different. So there are so many differences, so many different platforms also, etc. So does it... Is it maybe? Is it fine if I can say? Uh, have you had? If I can say this issue to say, okay, I have to report here, 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 here with this type of information, with this type of thing. So it makes yep. it complicated, I think. No. 
It does, yeah, and, and it is, and it is complicated, you know. And that's the, that's the, you know. I think if I was to have a book, the title of my book would be "It's a bit more complicated than that," you know. So, um, uh, you know, the 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 main thing to to the it needs to begin with is where has the incident occurred? Is the the absolute main thing because it needs to be reported to that competent authority in line with the timelines dictated by that competent authority. So, like you said, two days, fifteen days, thirty days, depending on where you are, um. From there, then it becomes about that impact assessment. So if we think of this like a kappa, you know, yep. like anything in life, that impact assessment of, and that the, the main question there needs to be, where are these products sold? And where are they marketed into? Um, if they're marketed into any other regions, those regions do need to be considered as part of that vigilance impact assessment um, as being not incidents occurred in that region. However, incidents occurred in other regions, and that's when you need to take into account all of this different reportability criteria per region. Um, so that's when it becomes really important to have a QMS that is up to scratch to do this quickly and and effectively, um, you know, to make sure, because these timelines, you know, they they start to tick down as soon as the organization becomes aware is the, is the terminology. Yeah, well, um, so this is important, becomes aware yeah, means yeah. what? Because... Uh, officially aware or just heard about it and maybe it's not clear i mean it's it's this is as you said this is when the clock starts to make the reporting or the information maybe people will yeah. say oh i never heard about it even if they heard about it but officially they never heard about it, it was a rumor something like yeah. that so i mean can we is there some clarification about that yeah so um so the, the phrase becomes aware isn't really defined anywhere um that well um the in my experience, and you've probably seen this as well in your experience, Manier, the 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 manufacturer, as soon as they become aware of an alleged deficiency, and again, alleged is an, is another key term here. It's referenced in a lot of these uh, GHTF, IMDRF documentation, um, and the med devs is alleged. Becoming aware for an organization should essentially be thought of if anyone in the organization becomes aware of it. And that can go from the top, from the CEO to the person that comes in and sets up the breakfast in the morning, if they pick the phone up and and they have access to it and they, they're told, oh, you know, someone, you know, with this device has, has had a serious injury or has been, you know, some a death has occurred, that in terms of the regulated vigilance timelines, that is when the clock starts ticking. Not, you know, it's not when the QA manager gets notified of it. Exactly, and uh, when you when you look at uh, at the at the regulation, yeah, they are always saying uh, when it becomes aware, then the, the 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 clock is starting, and then from there you have to impose inform from uh, two days or three days or whatever, etc. Cetera, et cetera. So yeah. this is mainly the, the the rules. Um, I'm not sure that I, I mean I, I never saw that, but uh, I'm not sure that they're they're really um uh, if I can say alert you that uh, for example if you had to inform between fifteen days. And you have missed one day, and uh, it has sixteen days informed. So I'm not sure they are really, uh, if I can say, uh, warning you. But the idea is mainly that uh, even if you are not sure um, if this is reportable or not, better to report it. So this is many things. Absolutely. But when you talk to manufacturers, if they are not sure, they say, "Oh, I'm not sure, so I prefer not to report it because maybe it's not reportable." So this is the thing. Um, so do we have an advice maybe to those people that are? Not sure if to be if this is to be reported because, I, as I've said, uh, they don't want to use this process. 
one thing that they think and they may think is that by reporting or by making a recall, they will be on the journal in the next day that everybody mm -hmm. will be for telling that they are a bad company, etc. So I just maybe tell them, go to the website of the authorities and check that there is those big companies that are... Uh, <laughs> in the uh, that have uh, uh, that are public companies now that uh, have a lot of uh, if i can say uh, um yeah shareholders uh, or stockholders etc uh, those yep. companies are reporting things and they are still alive and there is no issue etc so the reporting is just to make a date also so can we maybe talk also about that Hey, just a second. Do you need a EU, Swiss or UK representative? Then choose Easy Medical Device. We can represent you and also become your importer. Contact us at eo at easymedicaldevice.com. Yeah, absolutely. So a, a lot of this is, is, is a cultural thing. You know, this um, and, and the I think people need to remember that there are, there are people at the end of these devices. And I think that's the main thing that we need to consider. So organizations typically, because like you said, shareholders and, and pressure, because, you know, a lot of people have had a lot of bad experiences with say competent authorities or notified bodies, unannounced inspections, et cetera. So there, there, there is often an appetite to not try and report things that, because if you can manage it in-house. Um, but like you said, that date in the sand, that honesty, openness, and transparency with competent authorities, like you know, competent authorities, not so much notified bodies again, is is extremely important. And you know, if an organization submits, say, a need incident, for example, you know, need incidents are, are, are very contentious topics because you know you get people fighting about what's reportable or what's not. Um, you know, unless you have a really, really strong justification that you can document in your QMS and you're all happy with it and your whole management team, so your QMR, et cetera, signs off on it and is happy with it, you should report it and it should, and should be reported as a near incident. Um, just because it's been reported as a near incident does not mean your competent authorities, you know, go, you're going to go up in that list as well because competent authorities are very busy. You know, they're very busy at the exactly. moment. As with everyone going on, they're trying to designate people. They're dealing with devices that are really high risk you know, there's a, there's a, essentially there's a queue, you know? Um, and I think, yeah, you like, it's a, it's a really good point about the, that these companies still continue to manufacture because products are placed on the market because the benefit outweighs the risk. Unless at any point through that life cycle, through vigilance reporting, that, that benefit risk ratio starts to turn on its head. That's when companies truly have a problem. Until then, things are always going to happen. It's about having robust processes and the openness and honesty to be, you know, that culture of reporting um, is really important for top management and businesses to set out uh, that it's okay to report their stuff. Exactly. And uh, also, uh, as you mentioned, the process uh, for reporting, mainly you have to write that on the, on, on the procedure, but the process is not yeah. like, oh, I am aware and immediately I'm informing. As we said, they give you like, two days if it's really a public threat, 10 days yeah. or 15 days if it's a serious or it killed someone, if I can say. Yeah. So 10 days means that during those 10 days, you can make the investigation, try to understand what happened, how many products were impacted, where yeah. uh, those products were sold, where they are located, etc. So you make an investigation and then you gather all those information, you analyze the risk. So you are making really a, a HHE, we call that so many uh, hazard yeah. uh, uh, um, uh, analyses. 
to verify if there is really a health issue or not, etc. And then with all those information, normally the top management is balancing the risk and say, okay, we just open a, we do nothing because there is no risk at all. We mm. open a CAPA maybe because we have to collect things, but there is no public uh, issue or we yeah. have really an issue. So then we have to inf- inform the authorities and do some activities of um, just maybe a field action or to do a recall um, by uh, saying that the product should be coming back. So you see that there is many stages before we arrive to this final um, information to the authorities. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's, it's, it's those robust QMS processes, making sure that that can be, that can happen in, in line with that timeline and that they are treated seriously. Um, you know, I think the main thing is, is, you know, after becoming aware, manufacturers, they all, you know, again, like you said, regardless of the severity of the incident, you have the, that kind of two days there to do that impact assessment and understand what's going on. Um, there's also follow-up reporting. Um, where you would initially report and say, we've potentially found this, or we, we're not sure about it, we're having a look at it. And then you would be able to do a follow-up report to say, on investigating further, we have post-market sa- safety data to show that there's no safety signals with this device. This was a near miss. We're going to, you know, well, here's what we're doing about it, basically, and, you know, and follow up. And then competent authority looks at that and says, yep, they submitted that initial report. They followed up in the amount of time that they said they would. No issue. And the competent authority looks at that and they're saying that manufacturer is being diligent. They are doing exactly. the right thing. You know, they're doing the right thing when no one's looking at them, um, which is which is the most important thing. And um, when you say uh, initial reporting, what is also important is that if you don't know if you should report or not and you are reaching the limit of 10 days or 15 days, etc., or 30 yeah. days, um, the the thing is report with an initial reporting um and then this will give you some time to continue to do your investigation it's, it's just to 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 uh, give you more time for that uh, yes. so then the authorities are aware that there is something ongoing and then they can contact you later to say okay what is the process now what what is the situation etc etc um yep. so i had to i had to help some manufacturers on on this process and uh, i can understand how confusing they are because yeah. it's the first time they are doing that and they say, oh, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? For example, I had a case where uh, there was an issue in Germany, but the product was sold in the whole European Union. We were right. able to identify that this issue was only for the German market because they had made a specific packaging for this okay. German market that created that. So no need to inform everybody then. But one thing is was that you have to inform also their initial competent authorities uh, because they were uh, selling that from outside of, of Germany. Uh, so mm. there are a lot of things like that they were, where they were not really uh, aware for how to do that. So it's why having a quality management system procedure that uh, is describing all those steps is really important. And one question I always get um, is mainly, oh, but I'm selling my products in Europe, in US, in Canada, in Australia, in Brazil, etc. Should I have one procedure for each or how? what would be the strategy? So what would you maybe recommend people to, to do there? Yeah, so um, it depends on the manufacturer's appetite for how they want to do it. There's no, you know, there's no requirement to have one procedure or several procedures to, to manage it. Um, typically, my recommendation would be to have one vigilance procedure, um, you know, which is, you know, almost, if we could say, a policy, essentially, kind of vigilance policy. And then, you know, depending, again, on what markets that you're selling into, um, you know, utilize decision trees um, as the way of, you know, understanding, you know, what's going on. So in your, in your vigilance procedure, kind of cascade that down and start, you know, top level and say, right, we have an issue. 
And then from there, it's saying, where did this issue occur? You know, decision tree. Where did this issue occur? And then saying, okay, right, it occurred here. You need to report that to that competent authority. And then from there, it becomes this impact assessment where you could have a decision tree per territory, for example. So MDSAP, so you only have MDSAP, like Canada yeah. and Australia. You could have a decision tree for Canada, a decision tree for Australia, and all you do is complete that. And then if it's not reportable, you archive and you, you record that decision that you made as the non-reportability because if it's not been justified, if there's no evidence of it, it's not being considered um, and, you know, log that. So I would say decision trees are an extremely powerful tool for vigilance. They allow manufacturers to set up systems in a really efficient way. Um, and, you know, I'm very visual. I know you're very visual. Like it helps people that do the work at that time, you know, to be able to fly through things really quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, so I personally, I would recommend one procedure using decision trees kind of cascading at the bottom for the different regulatory requirements. No, it's clear. And uh, uh, and also mentioning which database or which uh, platform to go to report all the process, yeah. which form to fill, etc. So there are a lot of things yeah. that uh, that should be mentioned then. Uh, and yeah, mainly the, the 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 use of a procedure and the training of those people is really important because, yeah. as I've said, <laughs> uh, when it's the first time, you have really to have some guidances for 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 this kind of thing. Um, yeah. In terms of uh, of uh, information, so. Um, if I want to understand what, because we vigilance reporting is uh, is something that you are doing. So then, as we said, there are some databases that are filled, so you can find out if uh, your vigilance reporting was was reported or not on the database. Yes. So, so how how can we access those in public information? Because it's public. It's not. I mean, the MIR form is not public, but the field safety notice is public, so we know exactly mm -hmm. what you are recommending. So, how do we access all those information? Yeah, so I mean, there's the. I think one of the good things about uh, vigilance manier is that there's lots of information, and I think that shows how seriously that um, you know, no, competent authorities and notified bodies ha take vigilance. The sheer amount of documentation on it. Um, so there's a lot of documentation from GHTF or IMDRF. Um, they have you know we can link that where they have like a big list of documents that show guidance on how to develop a vigilance system considering how to integrate it with your QMS. Um, there's also the MedDev um, on on guidance for vigilance systems, which is a really good document. And that's obviously now being considered as part of the, the MDR. But for the, the databases of where reporting would occur, um, it would be per competent authority. So MHRA have the MORE database, which is manufacturers online reporting environment i yeah. believe um that's good acronyms again yeah um that that's uh that's where that's for mhra so again anyone would need to go in there register manufacturers go in there create a registration um that portal is up and running and it accepts vigilance reports so that's how manufacturers in the uk should uh report vigilance incidents fda have the mod database where users as well as manufacturers can go in there that's a very established um system that's been in place for years and it looks to be what the more database and what Udemed is going to be based upon it seems to come from exactly. the FDA there, which is I quite mean, interesting. I mean, everybody knows the mode database because uh, yeah. everybody are doing the vigilance report, uh, uh, the post-marketing surveillance or any activity. You are yeah. mainly going also there to find if there is any issue that is for 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 your type of devices also. So mode is really uh, well known. Uh, and I hope Udemedia will be, if I can say, also uh, going to in the same way. Uh, yeah. because yeah the objective is also that we have also one place in Europe to get that because for the moment in Europe 
um, you have to go to the health authority in France, NSM for finding the French one. Yeah. Uh, I tried to go to the German one, but uh, it doesn't appear anymore. So I don't know if there is a, they change their rules. So you have yeah. to go to each country one by one to uh, identify the, the reporting that was done for each of the countries there. Yeah, unf- unfortunately, at the moment, that's kind of what needs to happen. You know, the 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 Udemed vigilance module is not live yet. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen any kind of schedules of roughly when that module is going to be live. I think that may be uh, prioritized. Twenty six, if I remember. Okay. Uh, because yeah, they they, they have pro- published the timeline. I think Q four yeah, yeah. Q two twenty twenty six. Uh, where yeah. they will, it will be mandatory to use that module, uh, yeah. and twenty twenty seven or twenty twenty eight. I can't remember. There are, yeah. there are some dates there, but yeah, twenty twenty six. I think will be the date where yeah, yeah. normally, I mean, normally, it's what is planned. Udemy will be <laughs> you know, uh, or mandatory for this module for vigilance module. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at, at the current time of of this kind of recording, you know, it's it's not live. So. Um, but yeah, so it would have to be done per competent authority. There is a good document that um, we can share, which has, it's uh, from the EU Commission, if you are selling into Europe, it yep. does have a list um, of all of the member states with the uh, contact details of where the MIR form should be submitted to Yeah. Um, for those manufacturers. It's, it is a really good document. Um, so it's maintained share by the that, EU Commission. Uh, share that and I will put that on the show notes and that people yeah. uh, can, can get that also, yeah. Yeah, that would um, be good. In terms of uh, where to find the information, uh, I just had also on my podcast a few uh, companies that were also uh, aggregating all the information from the different websites. Uh, yeah. We had first, for example, Medboard, uh, which is mainly the the, the company that is uh, doing all this regulatory intelligence. Uh, we had Medboard on on the podcast multiple times with uh, Ivan uh, uh, Perez Um We have also Udin. Uh, mm-hmm. I, 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 there, 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 there will be also a podcast with uh, with Udin uh, soon, uh, where we talk about post marketing surveillance with proactive, reactive. Uh, there yeah. was also Basil System in the US. Uh, we had that uh, with the podcast with post marketing surveillance with uh, uh, Rob Packard. So yeah, there are also multiple other multiple tools that are existing where mm-hmm. it helps you to gather those information at once instead of you going to each of the databases one by one. So many of those yeah. tools are, are available and you can also go and visit uh, them or check the website, the, the podcast episode that we have done uh, with, with, uh, with those people there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, in terms of uh, of the uh, of the vigilance reporting now, so mainly it's one system, but it should be linked to multiple. As we talked earlier about Kappa, also if they maybe yeah. something to recall, but Kappa, etc. So, um, is there some way to understand it clearly exactly how how this is linked to maybe multiple systems here? Yeah, so it should form part of that, you know, these uh, these kind of measurement processes within within the QMS, you know, so we call them feed, the feeder processes, essentially. Um, so it's a key, I think, main thing that I see people, in, you know, considering vigilance in is customer complaints, yeah. which is which is totally fair enough. You know, that's like, it's absolutely critical when they are correct. Um, and that's when, you know, you would have a link to your customer complaints but when anything, you know, but not only complaints, but customer feedback. Yeah. Let's say that because positive and negative. Um, when an alleged, again, alleged, this word, complaint comes in, the manufacturer's customer complaint sh- system should be able to consider is that reportable or not? And then that should be linking out to your vigilance processes to as a consideration to say this is not reportable and your justification as to why. And your justification as to why doesn't need to be bespoke every time. It could just be it does not meet the requirements 
in our vigilance procedure, and that's it. It's done. You know, your report, your kind of reportability assessment has been done. However, if it is reportable, it would have to initiate from that customer complaints procedure, where you would say, "Yep, this is reportable." Therefore initiate vigilance. So that's kind of one element is customer complaints, um, which I think is the kind of main way people assess vigilance and consider with input. Yeah, but uh, Kappa also, I think, uh, for example, if you have yeah. a major issue within your manufacturing plant or something, yeah. so maybe it can lead also to, oh, then we have maybe some problems on the market, then we can also yeah. link to this uh, vigilance reporting. So uh, yeah. Kappa can be an outcome, an output, but also an input in that yes. case. Yeah, so one, one is kind of complaints coming in, so kind of inbound. The other side is really from us looking at the processes in place and identifying any deficiencies that say suppliers or or again in the field from post market surveillance. I think it's one thing, you know, vigilance is not post market surveillance. It forms no. part of that system. Um, something important to delineate. But yeah, your CAPAs, your CAP assessments as well as your NC assessments. You know, because if you if organizations delineate between NC CAPA processes, um, CAPA being more severe, should have that consideration of is this reportable. And should also link out to that vigilance, um, vigilance procedure and that vigilance assessment. Um, change management could also be considered as part of this. You know, yeah. depending on how the manufacturers uh, considered it, but it's likely to be those significant, non-significant change assessments. Um, but for second to purely incident, the main processes would be the NC CAPA procedures and and customer complaints, and then anything clinical out of that as well. You know, so post market surveillance and kind of linking it all together as part of that big that big risk management system. No, it's great. And uh, uh, so uh, the the main form that we have in Europe, as we said to Phil, is the MIR form. So yeah. um, I, I had also, I don't know for the UK if they are planning to do a new one, but for now they still use the MIR form also for the UK. Yeah. Uh, in this Switzerland also they use that. And um, one thing that you have maybe to understand also is that if you want to fill this MIR form, you have to use the IMDRF guidance also. So something that is was a bit strange for me to say that they are linking to a guidance that is not a European guidance or something, but really an international one, uh, which is many a guidance that is giving you a lot of codes, uh, a lot of information that you should use to uh, to qualify what is exactly the issue about your 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 problem here. Yeah. So, um, Adam, we'll, we'll share that on the on a document with all those information. I think so that we yep. can uh, we can have that. So please go to the show notes and you'll find all those links and things on, on a downloadable document that Adam will prepare for us, and then you can uh, you can get that. Um, okay, um, Adam, I think uh, it's really um, straightforward now. I hope people understood what is a what is a vision supporting and how they have to build that and work on that. Uh, mainly, um, the the most important thing is the understanding of what are the laws in the countries where you are selling to create a quality management system that is working with the process that is working. Then to educate your people or to train your people about how, when to report, when to inform, what is really reportable or not reportable. Uh, because yeah, you, you should not be alone on this. You should also involve all your team on, on that year because they yeah. are the ones that are making maybe the changes or deciding on things. So they have to understand that. Yes. Um, so how can you help maybe the audience about this process or so, um, you are a consultant, so you are also offering your services for that? Yeah, so I'll uh, I do remediation activity for, you know, if uh, vigilance procedures need to be um, kind of brought up to scratch or if organizations have had deficiencies raised against general QMSs, um, vigilance forms kind of part of that section. So that was kind of where my little company would come into, would come into place going in and helping manufacturers establish these procedures, link them out into regulated territories. Um, we also do lots of kind of QMS uh, general activity as well as RA focused stuff. 
Um, you know, so I think um, I also have a little newsletter where we send out every, you know, not that periodically, every now and then and send out some good guidance on some projects we've been working on and common things we see in industry because, you know, a lot of the a lot of the, th- the problems that manufacturers face, they often think they're the only one facing it, but it's yeah, actually yeah. really common. No, yeah, um, exactly. You know, everyone's facing the same problems, you know, lack of notified bodies, issues of complex vigilance processes, you know, not understanding CAPAs or NCs, you know. So um, that's kind of really where we come in, being able to help with that um, and being, you know, a bit of a conscience to organizations as well as speaking to top management is something that I do fairly regularly is going into organizations and sitting with leadership teams and, you know, trying to instill that quality culture um of you know which is absolutely the most important thing you know is doing the right thing um especially with incidents when it starts to come down to patients at the end of the you know there are patients at the end of these devices i think you know it's uh i think it's we all need to remember that when we exactly, work in this yeah. industry i think it's really easy to forget that sometimes i know it's um, uh, i mean one of my my motto if i can say that i'm publishing everywhere is mainly would i use this product uh, if it was a member of my family that uh yeah i can say uh had to use it so uh yeah this makes it's really clear that yeah if if you would not use it on your child on your wife or things unless you hate them if i can say yeah and then <laughs> it, it's, you should not use it or there is something wrong there so you have really to, yeah. to on that but uh, mainly this is the point where um as we say be conscious that behind or uh, any any p- people that will be using this device is a potential is a human so mainly uh, you have yeah. to be conscious of that and, and not just uh, uh yeah say oh it's fine it's not a problem or whatever i mean uh, yeah yeah uh, so um adam will have all the information on the show notes so uh we'll download uh, we, uh people uh, we can download then the uh, the the document the pf document with all the information there and yep. get also your details for uh, if there is any need for contacting you for for this kind of thing but if you have any question anyway on the audience uh, so you can also place that on the comments of this episode on the youtube channel or on the uh linkedin or, or uh, on the spotify uh podcast uh uh, episode so that you can uh, ask maybe questions or send me also a question at info info at easymedicaldevice.com and we can try to, uh, to answer that to you okay so adam it was really a pleasure to have you thank you for your help and i hope um, yeah people are, are now clear about what is vigilance reporting uh, but if they are not clear they can still contact us and then we can uh, try to answer to that okay yeah. adam thank you and i wish you a nice day thank you sir been great bye Take care. Thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much.